Hey everybody, it's Miss New York USA 2020, Andrea Jabao, and you're listening to Life After the Crown with Tinsley Alza. Hey everybody, my name is Tim Tialdo, and welcome to Season 2 of the Life After the Crown podcast. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to any of the previous episodes, I do encourage you to go back and listen, because there are many valuable interviews that you will definitely gain some wisdom from. Now, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, welcome and thanks for checking us out. Each episode of Life After the Crown, I interview former pageant contestants, title holders, and women of influence who share advice and stories on how to help you succeed in the world of pageants, but more importantly, how you can flourish in the professional world once your pageant journey comes to an end. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to download this podcast. I do value your time, and I'm glad you're here listening. So let's get started. My guest today is the reigning Miss New York USA 2020. She's also a former Miss Teen United States in 2015 and Miss Earth USA in 2017, where she placed in the top 16 at Miss Earth in the Philippines. She currently works as a public speaker and philanthropist. She considers philanthropy the core of who she is due to being an immigrant and being born into poverty. She immigrated to the United States at the age of seven and faced many challenges living in an inner city and not speaking English. Through her initiative, More Than Enough, she serves as an advocate for inner-city and underprivileged kids by instilling confidence and empowering them to live their full potential despite their circumstances. She's a graduate of St. John's University with a degree in public relations, and she was named to Phoenix Magazine's 30 Under 30 for philanthropy, and she speaks four languages, which has been a great asset since she is an avid traveler. Andrea Jabot, first off, congrats on winning your title. And secondly, welcome to the show. Great to have you on. Hey, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Yeah, well, exciting. So Miss New York, USA. That's, a, that's a, You know, I always say about New York, it's such a highly populated state to, you know, win that crown with such a massive amount of people in one state. It's got to feel pretty good. It, it was really cool and also very humbling because... I was amongst so many incredible women um, that have done incredible things. And, you know, to walk away with that crown that night is something that I really will never forget. And I just feel like I, I have to do it. Um, I have to do it justice because there's so many other girls that could have uh, that would have loved to have the opportunity that I have. So I'm just really grateful. Well, you and I connected through a, a former podcast guest of mine, Iman Ubu, uh, who was a former pageant contestant, also uh, the CEO of Sway Media uh, up there in New York. I remember I was sitting around one night and then email popped up from Amon that said, hey, I'm sitting here with this girl you got to have on the podcast. And, you know, like you and I talked about before the podcast, it's normally about life after the crown. But I think it is important to talk about life during the crown a little bit, especially for you current title holders. Uh, so talk about you and Amon and your relationship and how you guys met. Yeah, so Iman and I go back to back in 2015, and when I was Miss Teen New York United States, and she was my Miss New York United States, and throughout the whole year, we, we just became really, really close, and after we both uh, uh, gave up our titles that year, we just stayed connected, and we always, um, we always uh, hung out with each other here and there, and right before I actually competed for Miss New York USA, we both went out to dinner and we just kind of talked to each other and shared um, our 2020 goals with one another. And we kind of said to each other, okay, well, we're going to meet up again once it's 2020 and we're going to celebrate that we have accomplished our goals. And we ended up doing just that. I had one Miss New York USA and she 
she's been doing some incredible things with Sway and uh, that she brought you up and she's like, you know, you should definitely talk to Tim. And I'm like, wait, I, I love Tim's <laughs> podcast. So for sure. And before I could even finish the sentence, she had already emailed you. She's like, okay, done. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, that's, that's why she's successful. She's an action taker and I appreciate absolutely, that. I'm, I'm, absolutely. I'm glad we were able to connect. So, all right, well, let's talk about this tremendously successful pageant journey that you've already been on. I mean, you know, let's talk before Miss New York USA. You basically won pre- two previous national titles. Um, where did pageantry start for you? So uh, my first competition was when I was 18, and that was Miss Massachusetts Teen USA. Um, I was actually in college living in New York, uh, but I had moved to New York from, um, from Massachusetts. And while I was in high school, I was actually in theater, and my director, uh, my theater director was telling me for the longest time, like, Andre, you should really do a pageant. You should really try it out. But I, growing up, I never really watched pageants, and if I did, I didn't really, you know, pay any attention to it. I, re- I didn't really know much about it. Um, and so I, it was like a whole world that was so foreign to me. And I ended up going back and watching some Miss USA and some Miss Universe. And I thought to myself, well, yeah, no, there's no way that I can do that. That, that is not like those girls were gorgeous. They were tall. Oh my God. I, I, I was in such awe and I never believed that I could be where those women were. And it took him about two and a half years of uh, trying to convince me to try a pageant. And then I finally said, you know what, whatever, let me just let me just go for it. Let me just have fun with it and see what it's all about. And I ended up placing top 15 in my very first pageant. And I went in it being completely myself. I didn't have a coach. I didn't have anything. Um, and right after, I ended up following the winner's reign. And I was just so in awe of everything that she was doing. And I was just so inspired. And I saw her really make an impact. And I thought to myself, well, I want to be able to do the same thing. And that's just kind of how everything started from there. Well, I mean, it seems like you're a real natural. I mean, I just browsed through your Instagram last night. I mean, it's like you were made for this. Um, I guess as you're competing at it, what, what is it that you hope to accomplish with it? Because it took somebody a long time to talk you into it. What do you see uh, pageantry as a vehicle for you? Right. Well, for me, anything that I do, it has to be fulfilling. And ever since I was little, for me, I've always really felt that my purpose was just a, was to impact, educate, and inspire. But I never really knew how to go about it and how to make that happen. And it wasn't until pageants. And, and so I, I see pageantry as a vehicle and a huge platform for people to really listen to what you have to say and care about what you have to say. And it's, to me, it's kind of like, okay, well, if people are willing to listen, then I might as well say something that I think is important and really try to make an impact. And I think that's why I've, I've stuck with it for the past few years and why I really suggest anyone to do a pageant. Well, now that you're, you're really representing your third organization here in the USA system, um, let's talk about the other two. So you did Miss Teen United States and Miss Earth yes. USA, you know, won both of those. Um, I guess between the three of them that you have competed in now, Uh, Talk about the differences, because I think there's a lot of people out there that, you know, of course, there's USA and America, but there's all these other organizations that they're thinking about, well, maybe I could compete in that. Maybe tell them what the differences have been from your standpoint. Right. So for the Miss United States organization, I know they've been 
they've changed directorship within the past few years. But when I was competing, it was just a, a great avenue for uh, someone young like I was to talk about something that I thought was important and, you know, to just be an inspiration to other little girls out there that th- this is how I'm living my life and this is what I think is important. This is what I believe in. And you can do it as well. Um, and then once I went into the Miss Earth USA organization, of course, uh, climate change is such a relevant uh, issue in our world right now. And that was an avenue for me to use pageantry to talk about the environment and, and to advocate for that. So uh, it's there were both incredible experiences. And I learned a lot about myself uh, throughout both of those uh, competitions that now I feel uh, very prepared. And I, I'm really happy that I'm able to use that competing for Miss USA. What did you see about the Miss USA system that drew you to it after doing those two? Well, of course, the Miss Universe organization is so big. I mean, you are reaching so many people, not only in the U.S., but throughout the whole the whole world. And I just saw that as, as an opportunity, especially now that I'm a woman and now that I'm in, in my career, and I feel like I have so much more to offer and I have so much more to say. And I thought that um, that aligned very well with the Miss Universe organization's purpose. Well, I did a poll the other week um, just talking about, I actually was asking a lot of questions about a lot of the hot topics that are going on in pageantry right now. One of the polls was, in your opinion, which category should hold more weight in judging pageantry, glamour or story? It was uh, really close. It was 53% said glamour, story was 47%. Um, wow. What are, your, what are your thoughts? I would have to say story because I think now... I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that's all about changing the narrative of what people think about pageants. And I think now you are, you are really seeing how incredible women who compete in pageants are because we are talking more about the woman and who she is and, and the challenges she's faced and what she's, been, what, she's, what she's accomplished. And I love that. For me, I think now it, it consists of, of course, glamour but also story and who you are holds a lot of weight. And I'm really all for that. Well, as you, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, changing the narrative. Of, that's a huge topic behind the scenes of pageantry right now and, and which way it should go and whatnot. What do you think the narrative has been in the past that pageantry presents and, and where do you see it going or where would you like to see it go? Well, I think in the past it's been more so um, the outer beauty and uh, just being just a, a public figure. And I think now it's it's more of the women who hold titles. They're, uh, they're empowering other women, and uh, we're seeing how intelligent they are. I mean, Chesley's a great example. She is an attorney, and so when you look at Miss USA and you're like, wow, she's intelligent, she's accomplished, uh, she has a great personality – I, I want to emulate that. That's who I want to be. Um, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great direction we're going in. Now, do you like the glamour aspect in the outer beauty? Because, I mean, I, I'm looking at your Instagram. You're glamorous. I mean, you're a glamorous woman. Oh, absolutely. Of course. I mean, I, I think it should be a balance of both, 100%. I think you can't really have a pageant um, without the glamorous aspect because, of course, that's what people also tune in for. And it's, and it's fun and it, it's great getting to dress up and feeling confident about yourself. It's kind of one of those things. If you look good, you feel good. Um, so I, people tune in for, for pageants, of course, to, to see what the girls are wearing and all that. Well, speaking about story, um, as I had kind of mentioned in the, in the intro, philanthropy um, is at the core of, our, uh, of who you are. You came from Cape Verde at age seven. 
Um, yeah. And it sounds like, you know, from what I could tell, you didn't really speak a lick of English at the time. And I'm sure you faced a lot of challenges um, in transitioning to living here in America when that happened. Right. It, it, w- it was really, really hard. The very first school that I went to, I was the only uh, non-English speaker. And I literally didn't talk to anyone. No one talked to me. Um, everyone just really always made fun of me. And I remember during recess, we would go outside and it was, I have such a clear, uh, vivid memory. I would just always sit on the side of um, the school, just literally just by myself. And, and it was awful. And when I ended up switching to a, a different school where there were also non-English speakers, that's really when the bullying um, got, got even worse because people were saying comments like, well, you should go back, you know, on the boat that you came from and like, you don't belong here. And especially like I was just starting to learn English. And so I had a very heavy accent. A lot of my grammar was incorrect and I just hated being picked on. So after I would leave school, and I would go home, I would do my homework, I would literally just stay up really late sounding out words and watching so many different TV shows because I just, I was scared to continue having an accent because I just didn't want people to make fun of me. And that's how I was really able to hone in on the grammar of the English language um, because I was just so dedicated uh, to, to, you know, not having people look at me and, and, automatically say, oh, she's an immigrant or think less of me. Well, I, I got to say, I'm impressed. I mean, I can't even tell that you de- never spoke English. I mean, you don't even sound <laughs> like you had a different uh, accent or anything like that. So good for you. Now, that being said, um, what you just said you went through, uh, I actually have quite a few friends who are from other countries. And I think when you go through a situation like that, where you're made fun of or you're bullied or you're made to feel like you don't fit in, Um, there is some resentment that falls, you know, into your mind and you also feel like, you know what, I'm going to prove you wrong or I've got something to prove. Do you feel that way today? Like you have something to prove to the world? Actually, no, not at all. For me, it's been, it's not so much proving anything to the world. It's just been proving something to myself because I grew up with it being one of my biggest insecurities, uh, the fact that I was an immigrant and I didn't speak English. And I remember growing up, I didn't want anyone to find that out. But now for me, it's been, it's something that makes me who I am. And I found that that's kind of what makes me powerful. And that's how I, I feel a lot more confident in myself. So it's not so much that I need to prove anything to anyone else. It's just really accepting me for being me and being happy with it. Now, you're a graduate of St. John's University. I believe your degree is in uh, public relations. Um, So that being said, what is it that you would ideally like to do as a career? Yeah, so once I graduated from St. John's, I thought that I wanted to go solely in PR and work for a firm. Um, But then quickly that that changed. And now I just want to continue going down the road of being a public speaker. Um, And then down the line, I want to dabble into entrepreneurship. But of course, studying PR, I, I was able to learn how to brand myself, learn about this day and age of social media and how to navigate that. So I definitely took away some things from that. So if you go to Miss USA, you do well. Let's say you win. Let's just put the hypothetical out there. Uh, what do you want to do with the title? So I have my platform and my advocacy, which is called More Than Enough. And that's really, really important to me because it's a reflection of my life. I, Of course, I was born into poverty and I grew up in an inner city. And so for me, I, I saw firsthand that inner city kids don't always have the opportunities and the resources uh, to succeed in life. And, and so... I want to be able to use my platform as Miss USA to talk about 
something that I think is important to start a discussion that I think needs to be had, and it's that they need opportunities. And so with my More Than Enough platform, I actually am starting my uh, speaking tour, which is basically I go into the schools and I tell them a little bit about my story and about my life, and then I'm kind of that person that's kind of like, okay, well, if you don't have a role model in your life right now, let me be that for you. Because that's really all they need. They just need someone to believe in them and to just say, you can do it, and and so they can see an opportunity. Did you have that person growing up for you? Who was that? I didn't really. For me, it, I didn't have a role model growing up. I didn't have anyone that um, that really mentored me. But I think for me, the only reason why I was able to, I guess, get out of an inner city and, and be able to succeed in life and do everything that I'm doing now was simply because I had a great mother. Um, my mom was my mom worked a lot, but she also instilled in me um, the belief that I can do anything that I set my mind to. And she was always there to say, I believe in you. You can do it. No matter what I, I told her that I wanted to do, she never put me down for it. She always... Um, she just always empowered me. And so I, I give her all the credit, really. Well, I would love to hear somebody's backstory uh, when I bring them on the podcast. Uh, we mentioned earlier you're from Cape Verde. Talk about growing up there, you know, before the age of seven and just what that was like and, and the transition to coming to America. I, so, so I grew up into poverty and um, I don't really have much of a recole- recollection of living in Cape Verde. Um, it's kind of really all a blur, but what I can tell you is that I never personally thought that we lived in poverty. It wasn't until now that I'm, you know, that now that I'm grown up, I've looked back at pictures and I've talked to my mom and, and I'm like, wow, because back then I, I just thought I, I had never traveled outside of Cape Verde. And so I never really saw how life elsewhere uh, was like. And so for me, it was just a happy life. I remember whenever it would rain, which was not very often, probably like once a month, it it would just, it would start raining and I would get so excited and I would just go outside and play in the mud because that's what the kids did. We didn't have any toys. We didn't have any anything. Um, So it it was a very humbling experience, but I credit that a lot to who I am today because I literally came from nothing and I've been able to make a lot of my life. So you've won the title um, in New York. You're obviously the state title holder now, which is a a job in itself. Uh, Do you have another full-time job that you're doing right now? Yes, public speaker, full-time. And I also model here and there, but I'm just wanting to do uh, public speaking absolutely full-time. Now, I mentioned at the beginning you speak four languages. That's incredible. Um, So I guess let's just start off with which ones do you speak? Yeah, so I speak English, of course, uh, Portuguese, Spanish, and Cape Verde and Creole. Wow. Okay, so uh, can I do an example here? Let's just take the word pageant. Can you say it in uh, each of the other languages besides English? Actually, I don't even, I, I think it just transcends to just pageant. I, I actually don't even know how to say that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's really, that's actually really funny. Okay. Because anytime, like I say, any of, like I speak any of the, those languages, it's always just pageant because I like, I think it's like you, you would translate it to maybe like a competition, but yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, so I tell you what I'd like to do. I, I mentioned those polls earlier that I was taking a couple of weeks ago, and I really thought they were interesting, and they brought up a lot of great conversations that I ended up having with people on Instagram. But since you are a current title holder um, in the Miss USA system, I think it would be interesting just to kind of to talk with you about these and see, you know, kind of your thoughts on it, because I think everybody has their own thoughts, and I and I'm I'm welcome to any types of thoughts on it. But uh, let's just go through a couple of these. Um, I had Allie Gonzalez on a couple of weeks ago. So she was runner up to Chesley there from New Mexico. And we were talking about state hopping in the Miss USA system. Are you in favor of the ability to state hop or, or is that something you prefer people not 
have the ability to do? I'm, I'm honestly such a rule follower, and if the Miss Universe organization has it in its rules that you can compete in two states um, as long as you have residency, if you're doing it legally, more power to you. I'm all for it. So would it bother you if somebody came in and, you know, maybe they beat you in New York when you competed and they you, you found out they were from another state and then just moved there just for the pageant? Would that bother you? Actually, no, not at all. Because I think at the end of the day, just remove state out of it. We all have a dream, whether it's to win Miss USA or whether it's to just have a platform. Um, I think... I think we're all entitled to that dream. And so just because someone is coming from another state, as long as they do it legally, I, I just, I, I personally wouldn't be upset by that. Okay. Okay. Very good. All right. So here's the uh, second one. Would you be in favor of state costumes returning to Miss USA? Now, by the way, state costumes were, uh, <laughs> they were used way before you were born, by the way. So you probably <laughs> don't remember them, but would you be in favor of, you know, how they have the Miss Universe costume competition or right. you know, prelim, so to speak. Would you be in favor of that for Miss USA? I love that. I think that would be so cool. Um, I think that would just, you know, pay, pay homage to uh, the different states in our country. And um, I, I, I travel, so I'm always love, I always love to know more about each state. And so, you know, if someone could dress up as their like state symbol or anything like that, I think that'd be so cool. Uh, next one. So you had mentioned earlier that, you know, uh, the reach of Miss Universe and Miss USA and just being on a bigger platform is kind of a big deal to you. So my question is, if Miss USA were not on television anymore, would you still want to compete in it? I would. I would because I feel like now Miss USA and Miss Universe and Miss Teen USA, they, they've had such a legacy. And I don't think people necessarily need to watch uh, the competition to know what the pageant is all about or, or know about the pageant. So I would totally still compete. But of course, the fact that it is on TV is pretty cool. <laughs> Do you think that's a part of the relevance of pageantry is, is you know, the, the fact that millions of people can tune in and see it? Or do you think that comes from something else? I think, yes, because it's, it's like with anything else, like, for example, the Super Bowl, um, millions of people look forward to it every single year and they're they're wanting to watch. And I think pageantry is, is very similar to that. Uh, last one. Do you like the idea every year that all the judging panels are all female? I don't feel... I. I feel very indifferent about it because I think no matter who's on the judging panel, as long as they're people who they're they're people who are wanting to empower the uh, the women who are competing for the title, I think that's really all that matters. Um, I don't think it really necessarily matters if they're if they're women or, or men. Um, yeah. So as we uh, you're getting into 2020 here, we're in February, and um, obviously we don't know when Miss USA is yet. What are the things that you're looking forward to as you go through your title holder journey here? I'm just looking forward to connecting with as many people as possible and and share um, share about my story, share about what I believe in and, and my advocacy because that's really the purpose of me being Miss New York USA and just connecting with people from not only in my state, but from all over the country. And I'm really excited to, of course, meet the other women that are going to be uh, competing for the title of Miss USA as well. Now, you mentioned the person earlier who had kind of talked you into pageantry and it took a while to finally get you there. And now you've been ultra successful in pageantry thus far. Uh, for those girls out there who are wavering on, you know, do I compete? Should I compete? Should I continue competing? Uh, maybe some advice for them from your standpoint after you've gone through what you have. 
I would say just do it 100% because whether you walk away with the title or not, you are going to walk away with something. And for me, what I've seen for myself and other women, it's life skills that you are able to apply to your life, no matter what career you're in. And I just think that's so incredible. Well, guess what? I've got my uh, 10 get to know you questions. You ready to do this? I know you've heard it many times. So now it's your turn. Yes. (laughs) All right, let's do it. All right. So uh, number one, um, at what age, and this may be very recently, did you first dream of becoming Miss USA? 19. And you are how old now? 24. 24, okay. Number two, uh, did you have a pageant idol when you got into pageantry? Layla Lopes. Ooh, okay, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. Number three, who was your first celebrity crush? Uh, I can't really remember my first celebrity crush, uh, but my biggest celebrity crush that I do remember uh, was Justin Bieber, like Boca era Justin Bieber. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number four, since you're a New York City girl, what's your favorite restaurant there? Hmm, that's a good one because there's so many good places. Oh, my God. Um, How about this? How about for sushi? Let's just let's go with that. That's still really hard. Okay. Oh my god. Or even okay, a coffee okay. I, shop. I have I, I have I have a favorite restaurant. I have a favorite okay. restaurant. Um it, it would have to be Fogo de Chão because um I love Portuguese food and my mom makes the best Portuguese Cape Verdean food, but living in New York, my go to place is Fogo de Chão because that's where I find I find the most comfort homey food for me. Very good. Okay. Number five. How tall are you? I'm five ten. Ah, I knew you were tall. I couldn't quite tell, but I was like, I think she's pretty tall. Okay, number six. Uh, is double dipping at a cocktail party ever acceptable? No, not at all. Not at a cocktail party. <laughs> if it's like that a few people at home sauce? that you're... If it's a few people at home that you're really close with, then I'm like, okay, maybe you can double dip, but definitely not at a cocktail party. <laughs> okay. Number seven. How many cups of coffee do you drink a day? Absolutely zero. I don't drink coffee ever. Good for you. Uh, number eight, name a word that starts with the letter Q. Q? Quaint. <laughs> Very good. Okay, good. Sometimes it takes people a while. Uh, number nine, what's the most number of hours you've watched TV in a single day? Probably 12. <laughs> wow. That's killing it. You had to have a headache after that. That, Yeah, and that has not happened in a very long time. It won't happen again in a very long time. (laughs) Very good. Okay, last one, number 10. What's the most interesting thing about you that we wouldn't learn from reading your bio alone? I actually flew a plane a few months ago, and it was one of the most exhilarating experiences I've ever had. And now I'm really thinking about um, getting, like, you know, certified or something. Like a little Cessna plane? Uh, Yes, yes. Very cool. Congratulations on that. Well, you're off Thank the hook. You. Way to go. That was uh, that was perfectly <laughs> answered in a perfect amount of time. Thank you so much, Tim. Well, hey, I'm excited for your journey here. Good luck at Miss USA this year. Of course, uh, as we mentioned, we don't know when it is, but I'm sure I'll be seeing you out there when it happens. And, um, you know, of course, Iman and I will certainly be cheering you on. But I just want to wish you the best of luck and thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I really look forward to meeting you for sure. Thanks for listening to today's episode, everybody, and to Andrea Jabot for her time. Now, if you want to follow Andrea's journey to Miss USA, you can follow her on Instagram at Andrea Jabot. That's A-N-D-R-E-I-A-G-I-B-A-U. Or you can follow her title holder account at Miss NYUSA. 
I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you wouldn't mind, please subscribe. You can do so on Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, Google Play, and YouTube, or you can just go to lifeafterthecrown.com. And for weekly podcast updates, just follow me on Instagram, at Tim Tialdo. Until next time, remember the words of Proverbs 129. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. Talk to you next week, everybody. Music